Africa, the cradle of humanity. According to evolutionists, it was on these same plains, once cloaked with lush forest, that families of small hairy creatures were the hunters and the hunted. According to evolutionists, here our earliest ancestors swung down from the trees, stood upright and walked. hairy animals, tree dwellers with a long tail and pointed ears. So imagined Charles Darwin more than a century ago as he pondered the question of our origin. According to Charles Darwin, our earliest ancestor was a hairy quadruped furnished with a tail and pointed ears, probably our royal the fossils of our supposed human ancestors, sometimes only tiny bits and pieces of bone and teeth, leave a lot to the imagination. There's a lot of disagreement among experts over what differentiates a fossil ape from a human ancestor. Interpretation of the evidence depends a lot on which worldview you accept, creation or evolution. Being medically trained, the subject of human origins, the anatomy of our alleged ancestors, it's always been of great interest to me. I think I became an evolutionist at the age of 10 when there was this glossy magazine spread because Zinjanthropus or Nutcracker Man had been found. Here's what he looked like and so how could anybody deny it? But by the time I switched faith, which was uh, some 15 years later, Nutcracker Man had already faded out of prominence, and today it's fair to say that nobody believes he's an ancestor anymore. Evolution is a very, um, it's a powerful world and life view that I think fills a very deep need in some people. In reality, there is a legitimate way of looking at the alleged ape-man fossils, which I think does less violence to the facts and is right within the context of Genesis. And today, if you put together all the facts about this variation in the fossil creatures, fossil apes, uh, fossil humans, you can show that every one of the star exhibits for these in-between forms, these alleged ape-men, just fails to measure up. In his book, Journey from the Dawn, Donald Johansson, who's described as the foremost anthropologist, said, what you must understand is that this story is based upon imagination, backed by scientifically grounded guesswork. Just how good that guesswork is, that's a matter of debate. In Ethiopia, fossil fragments were unearthed by Dr. Donald Johansson, president of the Institute of Human Origins, that were pieced together to form about 40% of a skeleton, three and a half feet tall, with a brain the size of a chimpanzee. She was named Lucy, in awe and adoration, Lucy was described as the ape that stood upright, the supposed ancestor of us all. Everyone has heard of uh, Lucy, the famous uh, 3.2 million year old skeleton from Ethiopia. She is one of the oldest, most complete remains of an Australopithecine uh, known. And uh, she is important because she demonstrates uh, that from the neck down, 
uh, Australopithecines have a fundamentally human type of anatomy. The head is indeed very primitive. The brains tend to be small relative to body size. Uh, the faces tend to be projecting and ape-like. However, the canine teeth, the teeth that sit right here in the jaw, are reduced uh, and of fundamentally human form. Now, the portrait we have, therefore, of Australopithecines is one in which the anatomical characteristics are a melange of primitive ape-like traits and fundamentally human traits. This places the Australopithecines in an intermediate position with respect to the great apes on the one hand and ourselves on the other. The famous Lucy is thought to be the earliest link on the tree of evolution, but there's strong disagreement among the experts. Some claim Lucy and other Australopithecines are just extinct apes. In Germany, at the University of Munich, paleoanthropologist Dr. Sigrid Hartwig Scherer has studied the fossils closely. I think these uh, Australopithecines belonged to one basic type and radiated into different niches, and so they could develop these very specialized things like the very small front teeth and a very dished face. I don't think they are the precursors of humans. We get the idea that Lucy belongs to the human family from books and museum exhibits that depict Lucy with human hands and feet. But this is artistic imagination. The hypothetical evolutionary tree is conventional wisdom, but there's disagreement among the experts, and many dissenters are skeptical of the ape-man claims. British science journalist Richard Milton is convinced that Lucy does not belong on the human family tree. Darwinists say that the missing link is Australopithecus. Um, the, the famous Lucy skeleton is a best, best known example of Australopithecus. Lucy has been restored in museums around the world to look like a human ancestor. She's usually given an ape-like face and a human-like body with human hands, human feet. The truth is that um, Lucy's bones are actually those of an extinct arboreal ape. The hands and feet are those of a, a tree-dwelling creature. Many uh, anthropologists who've examined Australopithecus remains have come to the conclusion that it's nothing more than an extinct ape. We can see in Lucy's pelvis, we can compare it to the pelvis of a human and show that Lucy walked just as we do, with a striding gait, an upright gait, and unlike any creature uh, on Earth. These are very primitive ape-like creatures. But in contrast to the view of creationists, they are not apes. And the reason we know they're not apes is because they walked exactly like we do. The shape of the pelvis can give some idea of the locomotion of an extinct creature. But Lucy's pelvis was badly crushed, so it was reshaped from 40 tiny pieces. At University College London, the research of Dutch anatomist Dr. Fred Spoor sheds new light. By taking computerized x-rays of the semicircular canals of the inner ear, Dr. Spoor could compare three-dimensional reconstructions of the inner ear of Lucy's kind with apes and humans to see how they walked. 
And the exciting thing now was really, um, let's take a fossil of one of our supposed ancestors um, in, the, in the scanner, in one of these brain scanners. What we found is when we looked at these isoprophysines, is that their organal balance is actually still completely like, like what you see in the great apes. They're not fully adapted to bipedalism. They were not like us in jumping, running, um, whatever complicated movements around on two legs. At the University of California, Santa Cruz, evolutionary anthropologist Dr. Adrian Silman has shown that Lucy's skeleton is very similar to a pygmy chimpanzee. When you look at the skeletons, you see the tremendous similarity. What we don't know is the flesh that goes on the bones. The problem with the fossil record is that it's very fragmentary. You may have an isolated bone or two. You may even have part of a skeleton. But you don't have the information to really evaluate whether you're dealing with variation within a species or uh, variation between species. We need real data, uh, and we need to limit our imaginations, because when you're trying to imagine what something looked like, if you don't start with the bones, is that it ends up being pure speculation. In Perth, Professor of Anatomy at the University of Western Australia, Dr. Charles Oxnard, is doing extensive multivariate computer analyses of Australopithecine fossils, comparing them with living primates and humans. He found that Lucy's kind have characteristics which are distinct but not intermediate between apes and humans. What has been found is very interesting, and it is that certain aspects, the Australopithecines, do indeed look like humans and in other aspects they look like apes and sometimes different apes. When you come to add the whole thing together, which is what the multivariate statistic is able to do, almost always the Australopithecines turn out as quite uniquely different from either modern humans or the different kinds of modern apes. Near Aldervai Gorge at Laetoli, there are trails of footprints fossilized in volcanic ash that look just like human footprints. Evolutionists believe the footprints belong to ape-men. But the claim that Lucy's kind walked like us is doubted by many experts. The Australopithecines, like Lucy, um, they're the prime exhibit, if you like, of human evolution. And the key point, or a key point, is whether they really did walk upright. Now, evolutionists will point to the Laetoli tracks, these footprints in ash, and they'll say, see, they walked upright. But the simple facts are that the Laetoli prints, although they were indeed from an upright walker, could not have been made by an Australopithecine. Uh, the foot bones of the Australopithecines were the wrong shape, and CAT scans of their skull, of the uh, organ of balance within the skull, have shown conclusively that they didn't walk upright like people did, or even in some sort of an intermediate way. Well, a very good colleague and friend of mine has done some computer modelling and he's shown that um, if you try to make the Australopithecine with the proportions that it was believed to have walk in this intermediate kind of way, the model falls over. It wasn't possible. 
If Lucy's kind didn't really walk like us, then who did make the Laetoli footprints? It's a mystery. But the work of Dr. Russell Tuttle at the University of Chicago provides a clue. He found that the footprints are just like those of children who habitually walk barefoot. And if you ignore the dating with all of its evolutionary bias, the Laetoli tracks were made by ordinary young people who didn't normally wear shoes. And I think it's tragic that school children are being told so definitely and convincingly that Australopithecines, like Lucy, were their ancestor, when even professional anatomists, and these are evolutionists, mind you, uh, will tell you that uh, the anatomy is all wrong. They can't possibly be on any direct evolutionary line leading to humans. The fossil evidence is very fragmentary, and there's a lot of shifting opinion among evolutionists about its interpretation. Though there's one thing that's never questioned. Darwin's claim that our ancestors were hairy, tree-dwelling quadrupeds. Homo habilis came to fame with the discovery by Richard Leakey of a controversial skull named 1470 that made headlines as the world's oldest man. He was named Handyman because he was believed to be handy with tools, and he's the next supposed ape man. He is said to look like a chimpanzee with a brain the size of a gorilla. So is Homo habilis truly an ancestor? Many experts agree that this ape man is actually a mixture of bones from many different species. What you call Homo habilis, the kind of often seen as a kind of inter intermediate species between the Australopithecines and uh, Homo erectus. And that was actually a surprise what we found there because it wasn't intermediate at all. It was actually less less evolved, you can say, toward in the direction of what you see in, in, in humans than what you see in Australopithecines. That's not what you would expect if you want to put it all nicely on, uh, on one line. Um, I guess the majority of researchers now feels that homo, what we used to call Homo habilis is not a single species, but are, is a kind of waste bin of various fossils that are grouped together and kind of intermediate between Australopithecines and Homo erectus, and let's call it all one name, and we don't know. But more and more people recognize it's at least two species, maybe even more. Yes, Habilis is a problem taxon. I think there are at least two species represented. And I think we haven't any longer got the clear-cut progression from Habilis to Erectus. But just because we say Habilis is not a human ancestor, maybe, uh, as I would say for, for Neanderthals as well, it doesn't mean that that makes them apes. Some of these reconstructions are really based on very scrappy fossil evidence. For example, in this one, uh, which is so-called Homo habilis, the parts that were found were just these dark areas here, and uh, the lighter areas, you see all of that area, for example, there was no bone found here for that one. That's just been reconstructed and filled in. And uh, so many evolutionists, it's no surprise to find, are now saying, well, there's really no such thing as Homo habilis, it's just a phantom taxon, a false classification, and that many of these were probably things like Australopithecines that have simply had the wrong label put on them. And as we've already seen, Australopithecines, um, by the work of evolutionists themselves, do not really qualify as human ancestors. And what does that leave us with? Uh, Homo erectus. And uh, we would say Homo erectus were just people.
According to the evolutionist scheme, archaic humans like Boxgrove man and the Neanderthals descended from Homo erectus, upright man, the next supposed ape man. The appearance of real humans in the fossil record, creatures which have significantly larger brains than apes, creatures which were regular stone tool makers and users, uh, creatures which had a skeleton much more like our own in terms of proportion and adaptation, that comes about two million years ago with the species Homo erectus. Homo erectus has been depicted as a primitive stooped ape man, but Fred Spoor's CAT scans showed they walked just as we do. Their organo balance was completely modern human-like. They had this enlargement of the canals. It's, it's really like us. The question then is obviously, what happens in between? Where is the transition? So where is the transition? Yes, I mean, Homo erectus is truly human. Uh, I have no difficulty with that. By calling it Homo erectus, we're putting it in the genus Homo. It is a human. But again, the differences from us, from Homo sapiens, are, are great. Because of their differing perspectives, evolutionists will tend to focus on, even to exaggerate, the differences between erectus and modern-type humans. And of course, creationists will focus on the similarities. And that's why it's interesting to see how the more these skeletons have been studied, the more opinions have shifted under the weight of evidence. So that even the evolutionist expert, Dr. Milford Wolpoff of the University of Michigan, uh, believes that erectus should be renamed Homo sapiens, just like us. And uh, even those who don't agree with Wolpoff, we see them conceding more and more, even grudgingly, sort of, that Erectus was human. A controversial Hall of Fame portrays our supposed evolutionary heritage, but our ape-man ancestors look more like a rogues gallery, plagued by a history of misidentification of fragmentary fossil evidence, with ape-men reconstructed from the remains of apes, pigs, and even a dolphin. Despite the uncertainty, the story of human evolution, with its gallery of disputed ape-men, is taught as fact in schools and museums. Science journalist Richard Milton agrees with creationists that the fossils are either apes or true humans dressed up as ape-men. As well as arguments over interpretation, we've had also cases like Piltdown Man, which was, a, an, again, a simple fraud. Um, there was the case of um, the early American ape man, which turned out to be um, an extinct peccary or pig-like creature. So the whole history of the missing link really is, is, has been a rather sorry history as far as science is concerned. It's been a mixture of fraud, a mixture of error, a mixture of misinterpretation. The most notorious ape-man, Piltdown Man, was hailed as the first Englishman for 40 years until it was recognized to be a fraud. The skull of a human combined with the jaw of an orangutan, artificially colored with its teeth filed down. After the Piltdown hoax, there were no more ape-man discoveries in England until headlines announced that Boxgrove Man was found in 1986. At least, a fossilized tooth and part of a chewed human shin bone had been discovered among scattered animal fossils on a coastal plain near Boxgrove. Dr. Mark Roberts directs the excavation 
Well, we found here, despite the masses of archaeology and butchered bone, only two pieces of uh, human bone or material um, from two individuals. Firstly, we found a tibia, um, a shin bone, and then we found two teeth. We've been able to ascertain from the um, tibia that this was a, a large individual. That's why we call it Boxgrove Man, because we assume that it, that, that it is a male through the sheer size of the bone. Was he a stooped, hairy ape-man, as many people consider Neanderthals and their ancestors to be? Well, the answer, I think, is an emphatic no. Hairy? Well, they may have been a bit hairy, but stooped and no. The first ape-man to be discovered was Neanderthal man, depicted as a stooped, hairy, club-wielding brute. Over the years, as more skeletons were discovered, the Neanderthals were found to be truly human, with larger brains than ours and a sophisticated culture. You know, it's uh, mind-blowing to list the things that have been found with Neanderthals, which clearly indicate that they were fully human. For example, Neanderthals have been shown now to have made wooden structures for housing and uh, covered them with hide. Uh, they've found five types of uh, musical instruments. Well, they've found that they've traded in jewellery and that they've built complex structures one mile underground. And they've found wooden spears finely balanced like today's throwing javelins. The body would have been uh, short and wide, very thick set, very large brain, bigger than the modern average. This double arch grouch over the eyes. Uh, again, that would have been very distinctive. So the eyes would have been set under that very strong brown ridge, the big nose, and at the front, very heavily worn teeth. Uh, recognising a human walking upright, no bent knees, uh, not got arms and hands that scrape on the floor. And if you look here at these computer reconstructions, which were also featured in National Geographic, from the actual skulls, without the usual bias of making them look hairy or ape-like, just using modern forensic methods, then here's what they could have looked like just as human as the people next door. Most evolutionists deny the possibility of any supernatural intervention in our lives. We're just naked apes. No destiny, no purpose. No more than animals without soul or spirit. Evolutionists recognize that there is no clear-cut progression from early ape men to modern humans. But they don't question the assumption that evolution somehow did occur. Paleoanthropologists who study the human fossil record can risk careers and research funding if they don't accept the conventional evolutionist model of human origins. In Germany, at the University of Munich, one expert on human fossils dares to disagree. The framework which I base my science on is that one written in the Bible. I believe that God created in basic types, that these basic types diversified when they had to repopulate the Earth. According to the Genesis model of origins, almost all life on Earth was wiped out in a global flood about 5,000 years ago. The survivors repopulated the Earth. You have a succession of forms, and this could be explained by different migration behaviors. Migration of animals happened more quickly than human migration, so ape fossils are typically found below the oldest human fossils. 
Creationists believe the human fossils belong to the early descendants of Noah's family, many of them cave dwellers, attempting to survive in a hostile world. Science journalist Richard Milton. The key aspect of Darwinism, as far as we're concerned, is um, the question, where did we come from? Darwin's answer is that we and modern apes have evolved from some common ape-like ancestor uh, millions of years in the past. Well, this conclusion really isn't borne out by the evidence. What's happened is that uh, the theory has required a missing link and workers in the field uh, have offered us um, lots of skeletons as being missing links. What's happened in every case is that once the, uh, the headlines have died down after the announcement of discovery, serious researchers have investigated the, the finds and they've found that either the fossil in question was an extinct ape or it was an extinct human. There are disputes and there's confusion over casts of skulls reconstructed from bits of bone. Some evolutionists themselves are convinced that Australopithecines are not human ancestors. Lucy is just an extinct ape. Many experts recognize that Homo habilis is a waste bin of various species and not a valid category. And evolutionists agree with creationists that Homo erectus, together with other ancient human forms, are distinct variants of true humans. So where are our ape-men ancestors? Oh,